Good afternoon, guys. Welcome to the show. This is Sean today, and uh, we are on uh, an episode of the Weekly Briefly. I have no idea what number we are. 42, I think, maybe? Doesn't matter, right? Who cares? We're here. It's, uh, it's, it's Friday. It's November 21st, 2014, and uh, it's kind of wrapping up my day here. I uh, just got back from a really cool, fun um, kind of uh, design meetup. Uh, here in KC, kind of uh, downtown today was where we met up. It's really cool. It's called Coffee and Design, and uh, it's actually just um, almost a year old now. They had their first one earlier this year in January, and uh, basically kind of meet up every month and do something different um, related to design. And so sometimes, you know, go to, uh, like last month, we went to this cool, um, like, in-house architecture uh, interior design firm where they do uh, their own, like they do the design and they do the, the iteration and they actually build the stuff and like install it themselves is the whole process. You know, so they'll build furniture, they do kitchen tables, they do kitchen cabinets, they do, uh, you know, bathroom vanities, like the whole gamut. They'll even like design a whole house. They'll do landscaping, all this stuff. Uh, and they do all in-house, really, really cool. Uh, and then like I've been, you know, a couple months ago, we had like a panel with some, some local, uh, uh, owners of different, um, you know, creative, uh, de- uh, companies here in Kansas city. Uh, so, so this month they asked me to come speak. And I talked a little bit about my book delight is in the details and, and gave some of the, uh, just some of the highlights from that book and, and shared a little bit about my own story as, uh, you know, doing, doing creative stuff. Um, and, and one of the questions, so afterwards there was this Q and a, and one of the questions was regarding, uh, like building a team that you trust. And because and, I kind of shared a little bit about, uh, you know, how when I first uh, quit my job back in 2011, and then started writing full time uh, for myself, it was just SeanBlanc.net. And then I kind of have, you know, things have kind of slowly grown out. And, and we've got uh, the, the tools and toys and the suite setup. And I shared I've got a team now that, that helps me uh, to, to keep those sites going. And, and so kind of talked about that a little bit. And uh, so one of the questions was, you know, how do you build that team? How do you find those people? Um, how do you how do you manage quality assurance and and, and do the QA uh, with a team? How do you get hands off? How do you delegate and stuff like that? And some really really excellent questions in that regard. Um, I know a lot of the questions were were kind of more framed in the uh, context uh, for you know being part of an in house design team or being part of a, a design agency. And you know my my uh, my framework is a little bit different. You know I work from home and then my team we're all remote. Uh, you know we're all kind of in different parts of the country. So our, our framework's a little bit different than that, but I, I wanted to, to take today's episode and kind of like unpack uh, that question a little bit more because I think that uh, more and more, you know, as we're seeing this, uh, you know, the, the, the growth of the, the freelancer uh, the, the, in terms of the, the freelancing community, the, the independent uh, content creator community, as that's expanding and as it's growing, um, you know, the, the independent uh, app developer, I just watched a talk by uh, James Thomas, who, who makes... Um, uh, uh, Pcalc, uh, James Thompson, and it's uh, you know he kind of talked about the independent uh, app developer and you know how to do that without going insane basically. And uh, I think more and more it's becoming uh, relevant and and part of this thing that as some of these independent folks, uh, as things kind of grow and expand, um, as they kind of get their their income becomes a little bit more sustainable, then you begin to start looking for 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 ways to delegate and ways to outsource, and that doesn't necessarily mean. Uh, you know, starting a company or, or hiring full-time employees, but there are things that you can do to begin to outsource that. So that's kind of what I want to talk about today. Um, first, of course, I'm going to take a little sponsorship break. 
And uh, thanks this, thank this week's sponsors, uh, two amazing sponsors this week. Uh, first is a company you guys are very, very familiar with, uh, Smile. They make an awesome, amazing Mac app that I use a million times a day probably. Uh, it's called Text Expander, and, and they make a com- component or a counterpart for that on the iPhone and on the iPad called Text Expander Touch. And uh, the most recent version of Text Expander Touch uh, just came out recently uh, with iOS 8, and so it's got the custom keyboard support. Um, and you guys may know if you're familiar with Text Expander, right? Like it, it expands all your snippets, right? So you have all these little snippets uh, for all these little things that that you use. Um, you know, like I've got one for you know semicolon uh, cell C E L L, and that auto expands out my cell phone number. Or semicolon email, boom, auto expands out my email address. Uh, I've got one, you know, uh, D D A T E for D date, uh, you know, drops in uh, today's date, like in just standard like English format, you know, November twenty one two thousand fourteen. Or I can do like T date is a different format, and it'll do the two thousand fourteen dash eleven dash twenty one for kind of like the the numerical format. So all these really cool snippets that you can use. Um, and the problem on iOS, right, is that, that some of the stuff is sandbox, so you can't always get your snippets on iOS. Well, Text Expander Touch, they've got their uh, custom keyboard for iOS, and so you can install that, and then you can just bring up the custom keyboard, any app that you're in, in, in you know, the standard email app, mobile Safari, whatever it is, and if that app doesn't support Text Expander, who cares, right? Because you've got the keyboard there, the custom keyboard, and then you can use uh, your Text Expander snippets uh, right there. So really, really cool. Uh, so check it out. You can go to smilesoftware.com slash weekly uh, for the weekly briefly. So smilesoftware.com slash W-E-E-K-L-Y to check out uh, Text Expander Touch. And also want to big a huge thanks to uh, the Cocoa Conference. They're having uh, an event uh, at Yosemite National Park. It's the Yosemite uh, Conference. Uh, Really, really cool looking event. Uh, it's It's a conference for Apple designers, developers, and Apple enthusiasts like myself. I'm not a designer or a developer. Definitely an Apple geek, though. Uh, and it's being held next spring. It's right in uh, Yosemite National Park. And uh, the lineup's incredible. They've got Andy Anako, Jim Dalrymple, Nevin Mergen, uh, Serenity Caldwell, Michael Lopp, uh, who's Rans in Repose, you know, Nevin's from Panic. These guys are amazing, amazing people that are uh, like just really incredible folks. Um, some amazing writers, some amazing creative people. Uh, they're also doing like some guided hikes. They're doing a photo walk with James Duncan Davidson, who's an internet friend of mine and an amazing photographer. Uh, so really, really, really cool event. looks uh, looks amazing. Uh, they they say it's a once in a lifetime, and I believe them. So, anyways, it's coming up in the spring. Check it out, uh, cococonf.com, uh, and it's c o c o a cococonf.com slash yosemite. Uh, so definitely worth checking that out. And a huge thanks to these guys for sponsoring the show this week. Um, so building a team, let's talk about that. Uh, I want to talk about a little bit, you know, when to hire, uh, why would you hire someone on, you know, when, when to bring people on, why would you bring them on and, uh, and how do you go about doing it? I think those are kind of like the main, uh, the main questions. So the, the I think the first thing, right? Like if, if you're running your own deal, uh, you're, or you're, you know, looking to bring some people on, some of the best advice that I've ever heard uh, regarding bringing on uh, team members and, and letting team members go is to be slow to hire and quick to fire. And, uh, you know, in my current position, I haven't fired any of the people that I'm working with, uh, with all the Blanc Media stuff. In my old job, when I was a creative director, 
uh, and, and marketing director here in Kansas City for the, the ministry, there were some people that I did have to let go. And, and usually you could just tell right off the bat that, you know what, it's just time to let this person go. And, uh, you know, sometimes it, was, it wasn't even necessarily for, you know, job performance issues or anything like that. Sometimes it was just like, you know what, like, it's just time for this person to move on. Like, like our department perhaps is moving on and it's time for this person to, to, to move on to something different just because the, the structure within our department or the way that our team is now working isn't, you know, maybe this, this person's clearly just not happy here anymore and it's just time to let them go. Uh, you know, sometimes we just had issues with integrity or whatever it may be. Um, and, and like every single time it's just like, you know what, you just know, like in your gut, you just know, you know what, it's just time for this person to go and, and dragging it out or trying to like, you know, give them a chance or whatever it may be like, that's, that's never the best idea. And I've, I've heard so many stories of people that, uh, you know, they always tried to, to, to give the person that they were going to let go uh, a chance to, to stick it out or whatever. And it just never really quite worked out. And so, uh, so, so the advice of being slow to hire and quick to fire, uh, when you know it's time to let someone go, let them go. But let's talk about being slow to hire. So for me, uh, the very first, uh, you know, person that I ever hired, you could say, was uh, my CPA, my accountant. And that was, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, several years ago, I guess now. Uh, I had been doing all my own taxes up to that point. But once I started Blanc Media and I had my LLC in place, I was like, you know what, I, I probably should hire a CPA to, to make sure I'm doing things right and to make sure that I'm, you know, I'm not going to be in trouble uh, if I get audited, just to make sure that everything's above board and to make sure that, hey, there's no, uh, you know, these tax write-offs that I, I could be missing out on. I want to make sure I'm getting the, the best of, uh, you know, pay my taxes, pay what I owe, but not pay more than I owe. And, uh, I, you know, they say like a good CPA should earn their, their, their money uh, for you. So uh, actually kind of a, a, a an interesting story with this. Like I, I really wanted to work with a local company, uh, some place that I could drive to and I could meet with them face to face and that they would be around. If I ever needed to talk to them, I could just go into the office um, and, you know, take all my paperwork in. And that just to me, like sounded really encouraging. So uh, I shopped around, I found the CPA that, that looked like they fit the bill and uh, they helped me do my taxes and stuff like that. And then um, long story short, I ended up kind of like f- like they ended up kind of generating some work for themselves to do and then billing me for it uh, when it was something that I hadn't asked for them to do. And it was it was centered around a conversation that we'd already had, made a decision about something. And they like, you know, called to confirm and I didn't call them back quick enough. So then they emailed me uh, and then, you know, charged me for the call, charged me for their time that it took to, to write the email. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. Uh, I already told you what I want. You know, if you're going to confirm with me, don't bill me uh, for, uh, you know, confirming with me. So I ended up firing them, right? Well, there's, there you go. I was quick to fire. Uh, I found another CPA who's actually based out in California, uh, who came through a recommendation of a friend and, um, a new CPA is just absolutely fantastic. I've been with them for several years now. And, uh, you know, they actually went back and looked over some of my old finances and found that I overpaid my taxes by like $8,000. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Um, so I was able to get some money back, uh, from, you know, refiled previous filings and, you know, there was no extra charge for that. So my new CPA really, really great. Um, and so for me, like that first hire, it was all about, okay, here's someone that I think could do the job better than me. And the work that they do should actually, um, like, you know, it's going to cost me, uh, you know, a thousand bucks or 800 bucks, like, you know, different, different prices for different CPAs. It's like, if I'm going to spend a thousand dollars on a CPA, they should at least be able to save me a thousand dollars in taxes. They should I'd be able to, you know, and at least plus 
all the time for doing my own taxes, plus all the risk for me doing it wrong. So there's a, a huge value proposition there and a huge uh, potential return on investment if you, if you hire a professional. And so that's one of the, the big reasons to hire a CPA is uh, you know they'll pay for themselves and then some. And uh, that same kind of foundational principle goes for everyone that you hire, right? Like ideally, you're hiring someone because the, the work that they do, there's going to be a return on the investment for why you're paying them to do that work. And, uh, and you know, it just kind of depends like, okay, what is, you know, what is it that you're, you're paying them to do? And then what's the, the return on the investment? And it's, it's, it's various, right? Like there's different types of return on investments and it's not all necessarily uh, just financial return. So for me, uh, the very first, you know, aside from the CPA, the very first person I ever hired to uh, help me with my team is a guy that a lot of you probably know. His name is Stephen Hackett. And uh, Stephen and I have been friends for several years on the internet. And uh, so I'm, I'm here I am, you know, I'm, I'm working from home. I, I started SeanBlanc.net a few months earlier. Uh, and I started this other site called Tools and Toys. And I'm, I'm writing Tools and Toys and I'm, I'm doing it. And so I'm kind of doing SeanBlanc.net and Tools and Toys both. I'm doing them on my own. It's going great, you know, having fun. And, uh, you know, Tools and Toys is doing all right. SeanBlock.net's doing well. And, and, and it's kind of like, hey, you know, doing good. You know, here we go. And then along comes Noah, my, my, my son. You know, my wife and I, we get pregnant, we have a kid. And if you have kids, you know, everything just like time just goes out the window when you have a kid, especially. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, we only have boys. That's all I know. But like having boys, it's like just two little tornadoes running around all the time. Uh, it's just just absolutely insanity in the living room. And so, uh, you know, like just priorities changed, my my time availability changed, all of this stuff kind of changed uh, once once I became a dad. And just slowly over time, the, the time that I was able to commit to Tools and Toys just began kind of just slowly dwindling. And I wasn't able to keep the site uh, updated on a regular basis. And as a result, I was seeing, seeing the, the income from the site was also dropping down. And, and, uh, and I was like, you know, I, I know that like it got to a point where it was about half of what it normally was if, when I was keeping the site updated on a regular basis, just because, uh, so much of tools and toys income is, is through affiliate links. That's kind of the predominant, um, income stream for that site. And, you know, so we were doing, uh, you know, you got to have traffic up so that, that people can visit the site and then you want to have like good things to find. And I was having trouble like finding great things. Um, and, and, and all that stuff. So it was just dwindling down. And I was like, what if, what if I brought someone in and, uh, you know, right now my, my income from the site is like like half of what it normally was. And it's probably going to keep going down. It's probably going to drop some more and drop some more. So what if I bring someone in and have them write the site and, and keep it updated and then take the, the missing 50% of income that I'm, I'm basically losing out every month, uh, because the site's not being updated enough. What if I take that and, and give this person a salary? And that salary is is the 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 money that I'm losing. Instead, I give it to someone else, and I'm I'm creating a job for that person. Uh, they're making some money. It, it brings the site back up, and then worst case scenario is that it would bring the site back up uh, to at least where it was before when I was publishing it on a regular basis. And then I'd still be making the same income that I'm making now, but with less time put in. Uh, and then the, the, this person is making some income and then hopefully, right, like it would continue to grow and then the income would grow beyond the site. I'd be able to give them a raise. I'd be able to be making a little bit more money. Uh, and then the site would continue on, uh, as a, you know, as a business for, for myself and for this other person who's helping. So that was kind of my thought was like, I'm going to invest in, uh, in basically hiring someone. And it wasn't so much a business 
expense as it was an investment. And that's something that I've really uh, begun to learn over the, the years is uh, is that you should be uh, very, very generous when it comes to investing back into your business. And, uh, you know, so I buy a computer, right? That's an expense. Like that comes out of my expense budget. And uh, I buy this computer and and though it's needed for me to do my job, like this computer is not going to make me any money. Like it's sitting here. I'm not going to make any return on this computer. It's just a tool for me to use my job. Whereas investing in an employee and someone who can help uh, to do the work, they're gonna. There's gonna be a return on that investment, and and that money hopefully is gonna come back to me, um, and and come back to them as well. And if not uh, the money, then it's the time. I'm gonna get some time back, or or perhaps now I've got uh, I've got someone with uh, another eye, another voice, another opinion uh, in the mix, part of the team, someone to help bounce ideas off of. And so there's the the collaborative investment as well. There's a lot of reasons to bring someone on the team, uh, even just as a part-time contractor. And so that's, that's what I did. I was like, I'm going to give it a shot. So I asked Steven, I was like, Hey, you know, are you interested in giving this a shot? He was like, yeah, I'm interested. Let's give it a shot. Uh, so we, we, we said, Hey, three months is, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do 90 days and let's see how it goes. Uh, and so basically I took some money out of my little investment savings. I, that's one of my, my budgeting things is I always, uh, set aside, uh, 15% of all my net income goes, uh, for investments. And then I kind of divide that up into to different types of investments in, including, uh, you know, payroll, um, uh, you know, some, somewhat payroll. I, I, I don't want to get into the details cause that's that, whatever. Uh, but, uh, you know, new, 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 uh, new business ventures, basically new payroll, I guess is, is a way to put it. Uh, you know, my, my monthly payroll with my regular staff is now kind of just part of the, the regular budget. Um, but anyways, <clears throat> so all that to say, you know, I took some money out of that account and, uh, and set aside like, Hey, this will cover 90 days worth. Uh, let's see how it works. And uh, just the very first month of having Stephen uh, writing for Tools and Toys, um, the the income jumped right back up to where it had been, and literally I made my money back uh, without any risk at all. I made my money back right away, and I was able to pay Stephen out of that month's income, uh, and it's continued on ever since then. So that was kind of like my first hire, and so uh, so similarly, um, I came to uh, considering about with the suite setup. I had this idea for the site. And here we are. This is uh, now. This is about eighteen months ago. So about a year and a half ago, I had this idea for the suite setup, and so I called up one of my friends and I was like, "I want to build this site, and I I can't do it by myself. I, I need you to help me build it." Um, and so this was the first time that I hired a contractor out to to do work that I could have done myself. I could have designed the suite setup on my own. Um, it would have taken me a lot longer to do it, and it wouldn't nearly have looked as great or been um, as functional as it is uh, today. Um, and so I said, you know what, I'm going to hire someone else to do it. And uh, part of that is because I know that their their talent is better than mine, and I would rather have them spend the time doing it uh, instead of me doing it. And also, my thought was, you know what, this is going to be a business. I want the suite set up, you know, to, I'm expecting it to do well over the the next year, I'm committing to at least do it for a year, two, or three, and, and hopefully longer. But you know, I really want to give this site a, a chance to, to get a strong foundation and to build on that, and then we'll see how it goes. And so I'm going, you know, over at least the next one to two to three years, like this site's going to do tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in terms of um, affiliate sales and advertising sales. And so, so to, to spend a few thousand bucks to, to contract out somebody to do the design, uh, was was like a no brainer when when you consider the the long vision of going like this person will do a professional job, and then I've got like a strong foundation of a site to build on. Um, so that was the 
the motivation for that. And then I contracted out other writers to, to write some of these reviews. Uh, and then we brought on more help. So so around that time, uh, I think it was actually a little bit beforehand, um, we had brought on another guy, Chris Gonzalez, came on to help with Tools and Toys. And then Stephen uh, Hackett, who was still working on Tools and Toys, he kind of transitioned over uh, to help with the suite setup because that was a little bit more of his power alley. He's kind of more of like a Mac software nerd. Uh, Chris Gonzalez has has some great taste in, in products and, and this whole uh, the whole ethos of what Tools and Toys is about is uh, is right up Chris's alley. So he was a, an amazing fit for Tools and Toys. And I'll, I'll I'll get into a minute like how I went about finding these guys. I'm just kind of sharing my story first. So uh, so bring in uh, I got Chris Gonzalez now helping with Tools and Toys. Uh, Stephen Hackett's helping now with his suite setup, um, and then Jeff Abbott, who's been a, a longtime friend of mine, he actually reached out to me. Uh, back when I first started writing Chamblanc.net as my full-time job. And he said, hey, I want to help you by write, editing all of your articles. So all my long-form reviews I would send to Jeff. Um, so he was already kind of part of the team. So now I started like uh, you know helping. He kind of came on to help with uh, the suite setup and, and doing a lot of the editing there. And so, so then we had this team, and it was Steven and Chris and Jeff and myself, and we were doing tools and toys and then the suite setup. And uh, I'm basically, you know, was was paying these guys um, to to help to to keep the things going, to to write for the site, to edit for the sites, uh, to help with managing stuff and and coordinating the content and getting it out there. Um, you know, Stephen was in charge of all the interviews for a while and, and things like that. And and basically, what this did was it it allowed the sites to to grow, uh, to for the traffic to grow, allowed their the content to be consistent and to be regular. And, uh, and it allowed basically, uh, the, like the quality to be, to be better than what it would be if it was just me. And, and so part of my, my thought was like, Hey, you know what? Like these sites, I want them to exist. I've got the vision for them, but I don't have the time or just the, the creative, uh, capacity to, to do all of the work needed for all of these things all by myself. Uh, plus personally, I like having a team. I really enjoy having other people to work with. Uh, I love being able to bounce ideas off of other people. I love being able to collaborate and, and connect with my team. And so that was kind of my whole process uh, in terms of the foundation for for why I wanted to bring people on was uh, I knew that I needed the help. And I knew that like giving these people some some money to do the work, that the the time and energy and the work that they're putting in uh, would return uh, on that investment, not only income-wise, that, that they would be able to basically earn their keep, uh, so to speak, uh, for the sites, that the work that they do would generate the revenue that I could continue to pay them, but also that the the work that they do uh, would, would return an investment on my own time, that these sites can, can exist, um, and I don't have to put all of my time and all of my energy into them. Likewise, uh, they don't either. Like They don't have to put all of their time or all of their energy into them either. And uh, just as an aside, kind of the way that I run the sites is basically uh, tools and toys and the suite setup. I run them almost exactly at a, I don't want to say at a, at a loss, but at a break-even point. So pretty much all the money that I make from both of these sites actually goes back into the sites. Uh, and then I make my full-time income from from doing SeanBlanc.net with the membership stuff and the advertisements on that site. And uh, and so it kind of works out. So I feel like it's this spot where like these sites are really great. Uh, I, I, I love the sites. I love having the team. And I'm able to provide jobs for some other people and able to have uh, like websites out there that, that we're all really, really proud of. And that it's like, I love that these sites exist. Like these are really, really great things. Uh, and I love just having the flexibility of, of kind of being able to manage this and, and this kind of being my world of, of uh, 
you know, working with a team, helping to give the, the, the direction and creative direction, but also helping to, to delegate them and things like that. Uh, but also having my own creative work that I do and, and, and the, the areas that I contribute in that regard as well. So all that to say, um, how do you go about finding people? How do you, how do you hire people and, and reach out to them? And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a really great question. And a lot of it just comes down to, to finding people that you think will, will fit in with, with your team, that, uh, they're, they're teachable and they have a really good work ethic. And, and for me, uh, like the biggest things I look for is, is there, um, is there kind of like a, uh, is there a natural talent there? Is there like a, like, is the work that they're already doing, uh, is, you know, is it, is it pretty, at least like pretty good, right? Like for me, like that's, you know, I mean, obviously like you want to hire like the best talent that you can, but I, I really like being able to hire people that I know there's still more potential for them and, and trying to give them the opportunity to, to, to grow and, and working with them and giving them some freedom and autonomy in the work that they're doing. And so you want to make sure that there's kind of like an underlying, you know, level of talent, of course, is really important, but I always, always want to hire for, uh, you know, compatibility with the team or, you know, for morale, bringing people on that, that don't need to be emotionally uh, babysat, that, you know, something goes wrong or if, if, if they goof up or if they make a mistake or if, you know, someone, you know, uh, you know, someone's trolling one of our, our websites on Twitter and they're, they're trolling our Twitter account and replying to us and whatever it may be, like, are the guys on my team okay with that? They can handle it. They can handle that, you know what? Hey, you know what? I was really busy today. I'm sorry I wasn't able to to get X, Y, or Z article uh, like normal, but hey, you know, I'm, I'm making it up tomorrow. Or they're they're seeing that maybe the negative things that sometimes come up on Twitter, someone goes, oh, I can't believe you guys picked that app. Like, oh, that app sucks. Like, you know, that happens to us, right? And so so bringing on people that, that don't need to be emotionally babysat uh, is great. Like all the guys on my team are just, like they got good heads on their shoulders. They can take care of themselves. They don't need me to be their dad, uh, which is good because I don't want to be their dad. And, uh, you know, and also they've got a really great work ethic. And so we're basically just able to say, hey, can you take care of this? Can you take care of this? And and just kind of be clear about what the expectations are and then knowing that they can figure it out on their own. And, uh, you know, different guys have, have different execution of that. Um, you know, one of my guys uh, is is much better at like, you know, he's, he very, very clearly communicates everything that he's working on. Uh, hey, I'm working on this. I'm working on this, working on this. Okay, here it is. You know, okay, da, da, da. Like, like always updating us on his status. Uh, you know, some, one of my other guys, he's, he's a little bit more reserved, a little bit more quiet to himself. But then when he comes up with, you know, okay, here you go. I'm done. It's like five times better than what we were even expecting in the first place. So you, you, you really get some different dynamics, which I think is cool, right? Like it's, it's fun to have that, that teamwork, the different dynamics for the team. Um, so always making sure that, that you got people that, that you trust, that you know are going to do a good job, that don't have to be babysat, not only productivity-wise, but also emotionally. Um, you know, And then a lot of times you just know, like, hey, you know what? I like this person. I would like to work with this person. You know, I get along with them or whatever. So everyone that I've brought on uh, to the team has been someone that I already kind of knew uh, you know, on the internet. We we're all already kind of friends. Either I, I was reading their site or I followed them on Twitter or you know, was, was just kind of familiar with who they were for a while. And, uh, and then said, Hey, you know, why don't you give a shot? You know, are you interested in writing for us or, or being part of the team and, uh, and kind of bringing that on. And I think that, uh, so then how do you go about, how do you go about, uh, with, with the quality assurance stuff and, and delegating? And, uh, and, and so for me, like I'm kind of a, uh, I'm in the road, uh, in the middle of the road in terms of, uh, you know, being very hands-on and, and kind of very opinionated and very, you know, I want you to do it exactly like this, one, two, three. 
Uh, and then also I'm kind of, I can swing really far that way and I can swing very far the other way of being completely uh, hands-off. And, and you know, right now with this suite setup, uh, Stephen Hackett recently took over as the editor-in-chief and I've become extremely hands-off with this suite setup as I've been focusing a lot more of my time on the tools and toys because of the redesign and kind of the reinvention of that site. I've put a lot of my energy into that. And so, uh, so kind of the way that it works for me, that the, the, the delegation, the, the quality control, quality assurance and, and, and trusting my guys, uh, you know, how, how hands off and how hands on am I going to be in the creative process and, uh, with the work that we put out, because obviously I want everything to be, you know, up to super high standards. So the biggest thing for me is, is always making sure, um, that, that what the standards are, everyone knows what the standards are, that we're clear. Um, and, and a lot of that even just begins by bringing on people whom already have those standards ingrained that they already buy into the, the standards of quality, uh, attention to detail, uh, honesty, transparency, the, the things that we kind of value, uh, in the work that we do, bring on people that already get that. Uh, and already care about it. So then they're like, yeah, you know, of course I care about that. Like, I don't want to work anywhere else that doesn't care about that, right? So you're bringing on people that already uh, buy into some of those values. And then clearly communicate them, not only, you know, in your own work, you know, so I make sure that everything I do that, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, just do it halfway that I'm, I'm passing off, uh, some really great work as well. And I'm paying attention to the details. I'm doing uh, good work. I'm seeing through the, the things that I commit so that way I'm not expecting something of others that I'm not doing myself. Um, and then also being very hands-on, uh, kind of on the beginning stages. And so, uh, you know, when, when a new writer or someone uh, first comes on the team, I'm very hands-on with everything that they do. And, you know, hey, let me see that, let me see that. And then giving them feedback and coaching them. This was really good. This was not so good. And, you know, giving that feedback so that they can learn, so they can understand uh, when they hit the mark and when they missed it. And then when they missed it, saying, here's here's what I didn't like about it and here's how I think you could do it better. So there's, you know, there's teaching, there's some on-the-job training in that regard and then feedback so they know where they stand. And then, uh, you know, being very hands-on. And then as they begin to, to clearly, like, they begin to get it, they begin to understand it, just letting them go, hey, you know what? Publish that. I don't need to see it anymore. You know, you can publish it on your own. You're good to go, and uh, and letting it get out the door. You know, all on its own, and uh, and then slowly be kind of becoming hands off in that regard. And then when something new comes out that we're gonna do, like with tools and toys, uh, you know, before the redesign and the relaunch of tools and toys, uh, Chris Gonzalez was basically writing that site almost entirely on his own, and and he was doing an amazing job. And, uh, and, but every day was like the, the quote unquote, like the new or the cool item. And we weren't doing, uh, you know, the, the photo essays that we're doing now. We weren't doing the product reviews that we're doing now. We weren't doing kind of the weekend link, link roundups that we're doing now. Um, and then just these different things. And so, uh, so now that we are doing those, I'm very hands-on with those particular articles, um, you know, helping to kind of shape them and form them. Uh, you know, and then I'm hoping that kind of once I get a clear vision for what this needs to look like, because it's taking me time to like kind of article one article at a time, I'm learning kind of what I want them to look like. So I'm not even super, super clear uh, in terms of my ability to communicate it to my team. So that's why I'm very hands on on the front end is uh, partly because I can't yet communicate it clearly. And then once I kind of get to that point where, okay, yeah, I can communicate it clearly and I'm seeing other people being able to, to manage it and to do it well. And, and I feel like they get it and they do it. Then it's like, all right, awesome. And I want to pass off this area of responsibility. I want to trust someone else with that, uh, you know, and kind of give them uh, th- that area of responsibility as well and kind of, and pass it along. Um, and, and so I think that a, a lot of times, 
uh, it, we don't hire for that very same reason. It's almost like when, when, when we think of passing off uh, responsibility, you know, delegating to other folks, like that's, that's, that's exactly why you would hire someone. And that's exactly why so many people don't is, is they're, they're control freaks, right? Like we're afraid. We don't want to let go. We're like, I know this better than anyone. I know what the vision is, or I know what the graphics should look like better than anyone. So I'm going to do it even though I'm not as qualified as someone else. And so a lot of times we we hold on to something because either A, we don't trust other people to do it, or we're afraid to invest uh, the money to to hire someone else to do it because we don't think we're going to see a return on that money. Uh, and the truth is, it's like, if you're afraid to invest that money right now, like you don't have a long-term picture for for the work that you're doing. You don't think you could ever get any bigger than it already is right now. And like, if I was afraid to, to hire other people, if I was afraid to, to hire designers to do, to do work for uh, my sites, it's like, then I would be basically saying, you know what? These sites have reached their ceiling for, for income growth. Like I'm never, these sites are never going to grow. I'm never going to make more money than I already am. Uh, so then I would, then it wouldn't be, then basically it means it would be a waste to, to hire someone or to invest in somebody to, to help improve the sites because I'm just going, you know what, I'm just dumping that money. I'm throwing it down the toilet. Right. But if I believe that if I make something better or if I delegate it to someone else, then it can return on that investment that the sites can grow, that they can, they can perform better traffic wise and income wise. Then, then of course, like, yeah, let's go for it. Let's do it. Let's, let's take that risk. Let's, let's go for it. And, and invest in you know professional design. Let's invest in more writers. Invest in in editors that, that can help make the content better. And just finding for me, it's you know finding the sweet spot of you know growing the sites and growing the team uh, as much as I'm able to. That that's within our boundaries, within our budget, and within my own time. Like I'm I'm very very hands on in different guards as you know the new people are coming on, and so. It just means we don't grow super fast because I only have so much time to to invest and work with each person and to make sure that things are going well. Uh, and so when we bring someone new on, uh, you know, like there's only so much time that I have to invest in them. But then, like, cool, now we've got someone new to the team and, and we're growing and things like that. Um, so it's all really cool, all exciting. Um, and I think the 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 core for then you know maintaining your team and and having that high level of, uh, of quality is uh, is clear communication, I think, is so vital. Um, speaking candidly with my team, um, you know, never shaming anyone in front of the others. Like if someone makes a mistake or if I feel like, hey, you know, uh, you know, I found, you know, this, I mean, a typo is one thing, I guess, but, you know, if someone puts something out there and, and it's not that great or it's not up to our standards, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll send them a private message or send them an email um, or connect with them uh, one-on-one on the phone, uh, you know, for that feedback so that they, it's a chance to learn, but it's not like, it's not in front of the whole team. It's not embarrassing. It's not shaming them. And and that rarely ever happens anymore. Um, you know, it's, it's happened a few times, but a lot of it was just the learning experience and, and it wasn't, it wasn't ever mistakes. It was just, hey, they just didn't know any better and, and we're learning. Um, and so now that very rarely happens and always trying to, you know, be super clear about when things go well Hey, you guys did so great. I'm so proud of you. And and really giving that encouragement, giving that positive feedback. Um, and then clear communication with the team going, hey, you know, I want to work on this article. I want it done by this such and such a time. Um, here's the deadline. Here's my plan. Here's where I'm going. And then when I can't meet the deadline saying, hey, I'm running behind. I just want you guys to know I apologize. You know, this this circumstance came up. And, uh, you know, so obviously like, you know, being clear about when I can't meet a deadline and then giving other people like the, the, the grace, uh, when they can't meet a deadline because you know what, it happens to me too, clearly. Right. So, um, 
so that, that's, that's a big deal is the, the clear communication and then expecting it back from my team that if they're feeling frustrated or if they're feeling, um, you know, like, like stifled, uh, then I want to know like, Hey, tell me what's going wrong. Can we fix this? How can we make this better? Um, you know, if they feel like they're not doing their best work or they're like, ah, things are getting dry. Things are getting rough. You know, um, this isn't exciting anymore. All right, tell me, let's talk about it. You know, is there something I can do or is it time for you to move on? And, and hopefully there's something I can do, but if not like, Hey, you know what? That's okay. Like it, no one's, you know, nothing's permanent, right? So, uh, so anyways, that, that's, that's a few thoughts on, on hiring, uh, regarding, you know, when to hire, why to hire and, and how you go about doing it. Um, so, so really cool, really cool team. And, um, yeah, I couldn't be happier, uh, with the guys that, that got working for me right now. They're so great. I just want to brag on them all day long. Um, and then of course, obviously one more, uh, thank you to the show sponsors, uh, the Yosemite Coco conference, check it out. CocoConf.com slash Yosemite. And uh, Text Expander Touch, uh, the, the new custom keyboard on iOS 8, really cool stuff. Uh, check it out at uh, smilesoftware.com slash weekly. Uh, and thanks to you guys for listening. You're, you're the, the coolest people on the whole entire planet. I love you. Uh, I will talk to you uh, next week's show. is going to be a little bit early because of the holiday. Um, but I, I will have a weekly briefly out uh, on Tuesday. I'm taking some time off uh, to, to cook the turkey, which reminds me I need to get it out of the freezer and put it in the fridge uh, because uh, it needs to be thawed in time to cook it on the smoker. All right, I will talk to you guys later. Have a good one, and God bless.